Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm an astrologer and a yoga teacher, and each week I let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on Earth. Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica, and I'm excited to be coming to you this Valentine's Day week, and I've got a super special something for you at the end of this episode. So I recently realized that my most popular episode of this podcast was all the way back, episode 64, and today is episode 123, so that was quite a while ago. And that was the episode where I gave you a four minute little snippet on romantic compatibility. So I thought it's Valentine's Day. We have a full moon in Leo this week. It's a great time to revisit the topic of romantic compatibility. So stick with me. And at the very end of the episode, I'm going to do a little rundown on what I think is important when it comes to astrological romantic compatibility. And you might be surprised about what I think. So I am recording on Sunday night, Valentine's Day Eve, if you will. And we've got a really interesting week. I just finished watching the Super Bowl halftime show. So I have to say that I did look up the charts of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. I was particularly excited for the halftime show because I love 90s hip hop and I was excited to see them taking center stage and I was excited because I saw the news last week that Snoop Dogg bought Death Row Records and of course I had to look at the astrology of that and it turns out that Death Row Records was created in 1992 and Saturn was in Aquarius and now 30 years later guess what's happening? It's the first hip hop halftime show. And Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are heading it up. And they both have a ton of air in their charts. So they both have all three air signs present in their charts. And of course, they both have Aquarius in their chart, which is why they were aligned with that record company at that moment in time. And it's exciting to see these 30-year Saturn cycles take place because they are really important. And We always talk about Saturn as being heavy and intense, but he's also an incredible marker of time. He is the Lord of time. He's the Lord of karma. And so when we look at our life, we often look at the Saturn cycles. And that's not just every 30 years. We also experience Saturn transits every seven years. So it was interesting to look at it from that perspective to see all the Saturn in Aquarius elements. We saw Eminem take a knee, which now all of the players seem to be doing. If you remember the whole controversy with Callan Kaepernick and taking a knee, speaking out against police brutality and speaking up for Black Lives Matter, this is all very Aquarian. So it makes sense. We're having this moment during Saturn in Aquarius. And for those of you out there that are having a Saturn return, this is important for you. So take note of what's going on around you. That means if you're 29 or 59, you're experiencing a Saturn return and you were born with Saturn in Aquarius. So we are all living in a very Aquarian moment. It will continue to be so for this whole decade because Pluto will go into Aquarius next in a couple of years. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but I just wanted to share that because 
sometimes astrology, we get so caught up in looking at the future, but what's really fun in astrology, at least in my opinion, is actually looking back and finding the patterns. So this week, the theme of the week is going from logic to feeling. We're moving from Aquarius season, we just talked a lot about Aquarius, to Pisces season. So right now we're in the realm of Saturn since we're speaking on him, and we're moving into the realm of Jupiter and Neptune. Now, Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius, and he's currently there, so a lot of the other planets are answering to him. So we are experiencing the voices of the collective getting heard, and they are continue to be heard. We talked a little bit last week about what's going on at Spotify and people choosing to put their money somewhere else. We talked about people coming together and making movements, moving the needle forward by coming together and doing something, whether it's moving your money or gathering. We're seeing protests all around the world, whether they be against the vaccine, against mandates, for something else. We're seeing the truckers protesting in Canada. There's a lot happening worldwide right now that comes with groupings of people moving together. And that is Aquarius. Aquarius rules the mob. It rules, and I don't mean the mafia, although maybe it rules them too, but I mean when people come together and create a movement that sometimes is rebelling against the authority, that is Aquarian. We're going to continue to see a lot of that this week because this week is all about moving from logic to feeling. And there's a lot of passion throughout the whole week because we have a full moon in Leo. So passion is going to take precedence over logic this week. So on Monday, we start off the week with Valentine's Day and the moon moves into Leo. So we're approaching that full moon. We won't get to the full moon until Wednesday morning. But we're in the vibes of the full moon on Monday when the moon moves into Leo and Mercury returns to Aquarius. So you might recall that Mercury was retrograde. He dipped his toe back into Capricorn for a little bit. And now he has resumed forward motion. He has now returned into Aquarius as of Monday. He's still in his shadow. So you're still learning things. You still got information that's coming to the surface. There's still some things that might not be completely clear, but they will continue to be more clear and there will continue to be more communication as Mercury goes back into Aquarius where he likes to talk because it's an air sign. So we're going to have the shadow, the post retrograde shadow until February 24th, but Mercury is definitely picking up speed now and things are starting to really move forward. We talked last week about how all the planets are moving direct now. So we really have a lot of momentum that is picking up. We haven't even gotten to where it's really, really trucking along yet. And already there's so much happening. Along with the full moon on Wednesday, we also have Venus and Mars conjoining. That means that our two planets of relating to one another are going to be together at 16 degrees Capricorn. This means that making long-term commitments to people and to to goals and to things is just going to be a lot easier. Mars and Venus and Capricorn are interested in long-term commitments because Capricorn is a serious sign. So you might find that you decide to really make a commitment this week. Because Venus and Mars 
are conjoining. I took it upon myself to check out what Juno is doing because she is the asteroid that has to do with marriage, AKA commitment. And she is an Aquarius, the early degrees of Aquarius, not too far from Mercury, which says to me that the commitments you're making this week are going to be logical because we're talking Aquarius and Capricorn here. Both are Saturn ruled signs. But also Juno in Aquarius means that our commitments are going to be around our values and wanting to be part of the same groups. Aquarius is the group. It's the community. It's the mob. It's the fighting against the authority figure. It's also the future, what we want for the future. There's going to be a lot of talk on whether or not you see yourself being in the same place with the same people. Maybe you find that the commitment that you were going to make to a job, to a particular organization, doesn't feel right. You might find that you want to commit to a particular group or community, or maybe this has to do with your personal relationships or your friendships, because Aquarius is not only the groups that we join, but it's also the friendship and the social circles that we're a part of. So pay attention to how you feel about the groups that you're a part of this week, but also just pay attention to who you want to be committed to. Maybe you're noticing that the time you're spending with particular friends isn't as fulfilling as it should be in your mind. The full moon will give us an opportunity to release anything that is no longer providing a sense of joy, that's no longer feeding our desires or satisfying us in some way. If you find that there's not enough space in your life for creativity or play or whatever brings you joy, this is a good time to realign where you're putting your priorities because the full moon in Leo wants you to honor your inner child. It wants you to honor your creative essence, your spark. And so much of this week's astrology is helping us commit to the things that are going to light up that spark within us. Tuesday, we do have that Leo moon creating a T-square with Saturn and Uranus. Now, you recall that all of 2021 was defined by that Saturn-Uranus square, and they are separating. Saturn is trucking along. They might not be as close to that square formation as they were before, but we're still feeling them a little bit. And when the moon comes into Leo, it creates this T-square formation, which is one of the most challenging and frustrating in astrology. So you might decide to take action on Tuesday. When that T-square comes in, you might say, you know what? I'm done with this. This isn't the thing I want to commit to anymore. This isn't filling my cup. And if that's how you feel, you might say goodbye to something this full moon. And then for many of us, the Venus-Mars coming together in Capricorn, the illumination of the things that spark our heart, it's going to make us want to commit even deeper. So there are two ways that this could go, but know that if you're saying goodbye to something, it only makes space for you to commit to something else. And know that if you're choosing to commit to some someone or something this week, that it must fill your cup. It must make you feel satisfied in some way. 
and it must align with your values. Both your heart and your mind have to be in it on this one. Later in the week, we're going to move into more of the intuitive territory, but early in the week, we're still in that place of logic. We still have a lot of Aquarian and Capricorn energy. So honor that and make the commitments that make sense, but also excite you. So on the topic of the full moon in Leo, it's occurring at 27 degrees Leo, which means that the moon is exactly opposite the sun at 27 degrees Aquarius. When we have a full moon, the opposite sides of the zodiac are being illuminated and we have that seesaw effect of we want to honor ourselves and our joys and our desires. That's the Leo part of us. And then we also want to do what's right for the group and the community. That's the Aquarius part of us. So we're balancing that this week. And this is an interesting full moon because it is squaring the nodes. Now, you may recall from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the North Node moved into Taurus and the South Node moved into Scorpio. The nodes, like the full moon, are in exact opposition to one another. So when the full moon and the nodes square one another, we have what we call a grand cross. And whenever the luminaries, our sun and our moon, square the nodes, there is a choice to make. So this week, you might be making some fated choices. You might literally be dictating your fate. Like I always tell you, you dictate your fate, and you do, because we have free will. But some of the choices you make this week will impact your destiny in the sense that they will have long-term impact, long-term consequences for good or for bad, whatever that is, it's up to you. So pay attention to the choices you make, pay attention to the things that you choose to prioritize this week. And we have the help of that Venus Mars conjunction. So we have all the wind at our backs. You know, the astrology is really helping us make the choices that are going to help us go forward because Mars and Venus in Capricorn really want to build something long lasting. So you have the opportunity to do that. On Thursday, we have Jupiter sextiling Uranus. So now we start to shift into the feeling portion of the week. Now, of course, the early portion of the week, we have the moon in Leo and that is feeling. That is heart. That is passion. So there's feeling and excitement through this whole week, but we move into a more intuitive place later in the week because Jupiter is currently in Pisces. He will have this sextile, this harmonious conversation with Uranus. Sextiles encourage us to work together. So that means Jupiter in Pisces is working with Uranus in Taurus. And as they work together, they might deliver some sudden unexpected opportunities. You might have a desire to break out of your regular routine And you want to allow yourself to follow the urges that come up because despite pragmatic thinking and logic that was ruling the day throughout Capricorn and Aquarius season, 
you really want to follow your gut or what some people call your hut, that combination of your heart and gut, especially once we get into the latter part of the week, as we will be moving into Pisces season. So after Jupiter and Uranus have a little chat on Thursday, on Friday, the sun moves into the sign of Pisces and everything starts to feel a little bit different. Now, Aquarius is an air sign that gives us the bird's eye view. We are able to emotionally detach when we're working with Aquarius. When the sun moves into Pisces, we are fully in the emotion ocean, as I like to call it. And I call it that because Pisces is, of course, a water sign, and it's ruled by both Jupiter and Neptune. And Neptune is the lord of the ocean. And I always think of Pisces season as when you're floating in the ocean and you allow the waves to just kind of push you here or there. You know those days when the ocean isn't too rough and you feel really calm and safe and free being in the ocean and you allow it to move you from side to side, back and forth, out and in. Those are the highest vibrations of Pisces, when we feel completely in the flow, when we feel like we can completely trust that the universe has us and holds us and is working in our favor. Then there are the times when the current is a little rough and we fight it. And that is when we struggle during those Pisces moments of life. This is a time where there's a lot of really nice Piscean energy because we have both the rulers of Pisces, Jupiter and Neptune, currently in the sign of Pisces. And this is the first time they've been there together since 1856. So enjoy this Pisces season. We have four weeks to be in the romance of Pisces. Pisces loves a fantasy. It loves to dream. It likes to get lost in the flow of consciousness. It's a great time to meditate, to get back to your yoga practice. You can come join us in online yoga club. It's always nice to do those restorative rituals that we do for the new moon and the full moon when it's Pisces season. This is a weekend that's going to feel much more romantic. So if you delayed your Valentine celebration, this weekend will be a really nice one to celebrate because not only do we have the sun in Pisces as of 11.43 a.m. Eastern on Friday, but we also have the moon moving into Libra at 10.51 p.m. Eastern on Friday. So this is what I am calling the weekend of the peacemaker because Libra loves to connect and create harmony and peace. Pisces loves to be in the romance, in the fantasy realm. This is going to be a really nice one. We still have Venus and Mars together. Venus and Mars are going to continue traveling through the Zodiac together for the next month and a half or so. So we have a really nice stretch of time in front of us that we are just entering where it's going to be so much easier to connect with the people that you love and to get on the same page with the people that you have to work with. So this is a time for relating, for connecting. This is a time to begin gathering again, assuming that it is safe to do so where you are in regards to 
everything that's going on in the world, as well as making sure that you feel emotionally safe with whom you are gathering with. You want to be with the people that make you feel safe and secure. And that's something that we have the opportunity to get really clear on this week with all of the astrology, not only the full moon, not only Venus and Mars coming together, but also that Jupiter Uranus sextile. We have an opportunity to tune into our heart, our guts, the logic of our brain and say, what makes me feel safe and secure in commitment? And how can I honor that? So let's take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we're going to talk romantic compatibility. I'm so glad you're here listening to the Essential Astrocast, but I know that sometimes it can feel really overwhelming and hard to follow along. So thanks to other listeners, I created the Astro Cheat Sheet. You can save it in the photos on your phone. And as we move through, and if you wonder what is associated with Aquarius, what does Mars rule? you can turn to the Astro Cheat Sheet. So if you want one, you can head on over to astrocheatsheet.com and download your copy. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, I want to revisit the topic of romantic compatibility because it is something that I get asked about all the time. Women especially often say to me, I met a Capricorn, I'm a Pisces, do you think it's a good match? This is my caveat. The best way to see if you and your partner are compatible is to book a Sinistry chart reading with an astrologer. I often do these for my clients who are part of Astrologer On Demand, which is my year-long program where you get four readings with me, one a quarter, and you get full access to me in between readings by text or email. This is a great way to dig into some of these deeper layers of astrology like Sinistry and other charts that you may not know about, but there are a lot of layers and a lot of other charts that we look at as astrologers, and we don't have time to get to them in your one-hour typical natal chart reading. So if you're interested in getting into these deeper layers, feel free to reach out to me about Astrologer On Demand. You can also just go to my website, veronicapretty.com slash on demand. And the link is of course in the show notes. So on to the basics of romantic compatibility. I can tell you the very basics of which signs make harmonious aspects to one another and therefore classically would be considered good pairings or good matches. And that's often what you're looking at when you see things on the internet about Aries goes well with Leo or Aries goes well with Gemini, right? What that means is that if the signs are trining or sextiling one another, it's considered harmonious. If they are opposing or squaring, it's considered a little more challenging. But I don't really mind that because sometimes 
the relationships that we need to be in are the ones that challenge us because challenges are what make us grow. Now, if there's tons of challenges in the chart, then that's no fun. But if your son is squaring some your partner's son, I think it's okay. That actually means there's a lot of growth for you and you probably have a lot of electricity between you. Sometimes squares actually create a sense of electricity, a sense of getting up and going and want to do things together. So the sun is the outward expression of your personality. And your moon sign is the inward experience of your emotional body. So the moon gives us a lot more information about what makes you tick, what makes you feel really fulfilled, what makes you satisfied, what makes you feel safe and secure, what is your default operating system. I often think we exhibit much more of our moon as children and we grow into our sun sign. We're always evolving into our sun sign. So the moon sign to me is really where romantic compatibility is most seen because you have to understand your partner's moon sign to make them feel safe and secure and fulfilled. And you have to understand your own moon sign so that you can ask for what you need in the relationship. Now, on the most basic level, water signs are going to understand water signs. Water and earth signs are going to understand each other a lot more. The water and earth signs are considered the more yin signs. They're more receptive. They take in energy. The fire signs are going to understand the fire signs. And so are the air signs. And the air and the fire signs are going to understand each other because air makes fire grow brighter, right? So when they come together, that's a yang energy. They like to push energy out into the world. Doesn't mean that you can be an air sign and your partner can be a water sign and that you're not going to match. We're talking about the most basic element of what goes together in astrology, what works together seamlessly. As I said, sometimes the most sexy, passionate matches can actually be where you're in opposition or where you're squaring one another because that creates a friction that does something to us. It creates electricity. But I personally feel the essence of a really healthy relationship is when you know how to make your partner feel safe and secure, how you have to know how to attune to their emotions and their emotional needs. And when you understand the moon sign of your partner, it makes it a lot easier to do that. So some basic ideas around this. I am an earth moon. So my moon is in Virgo. So I'm a person that likes to have order. And I am a person that really likes things to be organized and I like things to be done my way. (laughs) Sorry to say it, but it's true. So one of the things that makes me feel safe is when the house is in order and things are the way that I like them. And it's one of the things that I fight about with my husband the most, but he knows when I'm stressed 
to make sure that he cleans up after himself or he'll do an extra thing like empty the dishwasher or take out the trash, maybe, hopefully, before I ask him to. So those are some ways that he can make me feel safe. And those are some ways that he can let me know that he is caring for me and caring for my needs. Now, my husband has a moon in Scorpio, so he's a water moon. And people with water moons often are going to need private time. They're going to need to be alone. They're going to need space to process their emotions because a lot of the time they feel so much. They often feel a lot of things from other people as well. So I know to give him space, to let him play his video games, to let him, you know, take a nap, to not necessarily ask him to talk when something is bothering him because I know that he doesn't really want to talk. He wants to retreat and that's okay because I know that. So now if you are a person who has a fire moon, you might be the kind of person that needs to process your feelings by getting out there and exercising or moving your body or dancing or just going out and having a good time and getting lost in the fun of life. If you are a person who has an air moon, you're going to be more likely to talk about your feelings. You're going to be more likely to journal or call your best friend or book a session with your therapist. It doesn't mean that the rest of us can't benefit from those things as well, but that might be your default setting. So once you understand what the different moon signs need, it's much easier to care for your partner, and then it's easier to experience seamless compatibility regardless of what your astrology is. And then there's the other piece of it, which is that your chart is complex. You are a complex human being. You don't just have one sign. You're not just your sun sign and you're not just your moon sign. You have all the planets and all the signs in your chart. So the best way to see if you and your partner are compatible is to get a synastry chart reading. So this is a method in astrology where we take two charts, we put one on top of the other. And when I do this for clients, and I do it often, I will look at how your partner is lighting up your chart, and then we'll flip the charts and we'll look at how you are lighting up your partner's chart. And we'll be able to see where there are patterns and where there are overlays and where there are planets that are talking to one another and encouraging one another. And that is one of the best ways to really see where you and your partner meet and where you can find those pockets of harmony and also where you find those pockets of challenges. And that's really the best way to see if you and your loved one are a match. Now, of course, if you found each other, you probably have some things in there that are activating one another in your charts. And we can also look at synastry charts for our family members. It doesn't have to be romantic partners. We can look at synastry for our children. We can look at it for our parents. We can look at it for our friends. So synastry is an incredible part of astrology that I love doing for my clients. It's not something that people often book one-off chart reading for. You can, of course. Sometimes couples will come to me when they are getting married and they want to choose a date that aligns with their charts, which is something I love doing because 
I had two COVID weddings, so I planned probably six different wedding dates. So I'm pretty good at picking those now. So if you're interested in looking at your synastry with your partner or with your mom or with your sister, this is a great reason to join Astrologer On Demand this year. I will be in your back pocket for all of 2022, and we'll have plenty of time to dig into your synastry with your loved ones together. So that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day week. Make sure that whatever you do, you put a little extra love in it, whether you are solo or partnered up. This full moon in Leo is a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with the things that bring you joy, that spark that little something in your heart and honor your desires. That's what it's all about. I'll talk to you next week. Have you ever thought I would love to set my new moon intentions with Veronica? If so, I have the perfect thing for you. Every month in Online Yoga Club, I teach a new moon and a full moon restorative ritual. You get to join me not only for restorative yoga and meditation practice, but also you get to set your intentions with me. We do some journaling work. It is a wonderful bringing together of all of the things that are part of my own spiritual practice. I'd love to have you join us. You can go to veronicapretty.com slash yoga and learn more about online yoga club. Thank you so much for listening. It's such an honor to be here in your ears every week. If you like the show, I hope that you take the time to rate and review it either on Apple or Spotify. And if you have a friend you think might like the show, you can share this episode with them right from your podcast feed. All right. I'll talk to you next week.